This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. Experience the empowering feeling of the Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Lease the 2024 RX350 Premium All-Wheel Drive for $5.28 a month for 36 months with $49.99 to exciting. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer in the Lexus Eastern area and it's April 1st, 2024. Well, Stephon Tewitt's gone. So what the heck do the Steelers do now? We'll talk about that on the Locked on Steelers podcast. Also, Devin Bush and Miles Jack both speaking in the locker room for the first time at OTAs this year. A lot of stuff on Devin Bush and how he's recovered and is ready to play this season. Can they be part of the answer of no Stephon Tewitt for the 2022 season? We'll answer that and more here on the Locked on Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined today by Josh Taylor of KDKA TV and 93.7 Fan. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things of the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you're watching this video on YouTube, hit the like button on this video if you enjoy it. Hit the subscribe button to our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus episodes. We have uh, sometimes bonus episodes and breaking news updates like we did for the Stefan Tuit retirement. That's what we're going to be talking about a lot today. But joined today is Josh Taylor. He's the man from KDKA TV, 93.7 The Fan. We always have him here on the show. Josh, how you doing? I'm good, man. A lot of a lot of uh, breaking news popping up the past couple of days. Well, I guess not a lot of breaking news, but a big big detail here and there. And after doing some radio this morning and kind of waking up from a nap and said, oh, well, stuff I'll do that's retired. That's fun little interesting piece of news to have happen in the middle of the day other than that it's been uh, it's been pretty good yeah let's get right into that news too because stefan to its retirement it's not entirely shocking because he's been out for so long and it was certainly the question will he retire will he play one thing i want people to understand if the steelers had any inkling that this was definitely going to happen they would have asked him to do this a long time ago so for people that are saying like oh they waited too long you wait for Stephon to it with how good he'd been for the Steelers. He had 11 sacks the last time he played. He was a huge part of their run defense. They were, they were, in fact, they ranked 11th against the run the last time he played versus dead last last year. So he was going to get that space to figure out can he get back? And, you know, the, 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 retire, the retirement statement that was released by the team from Stephon to it, just saying, like, you know, he, he had graduated from Notre Dame. You know, he was, you know, he's kind of, he's just kind of moved on from football and, you know, after the passing of his brother and, and things like that. There's a lot of things that, that, that to read into this. But the clear thing to me that this says, Josh, is this is now less than a week on the job. And Omar Khan's going to have his first real test as a general manager. What do you do in this situation? Because Stephon Tewitt being, you know, him retiring is going to be designated as a post June one cut, which means the Steelers are going to get back $9 million in cap space. That's going to put them over $21 million in cap space. So you have money to play with, but all the good free agents have been gone. So what do you do here? Do you sign some of these guys that are kind of just lurking around or do you try to work a trade where you take an expensive player off another team? Josh, what position are the Steelers in right now? I'm glad you pointed the one thing out that this is a post-June 1st because we're having having this discussion on June 1st, which is really, really important. Yes. Because 
that particular reason, that particular designation means the Steelers, instead of having to pay out nearly $14 million this upcoming season, they're only having to pay out nearly $5 million and saving nine against the cap because Stephon Tewitt is retiring after June 1st, which is that cutoff point in the league calendar year in order as far as you know cap hits are concerned and the cap savings and dead money. So that's one thing that actually does benefit the Steelers in the long term. But you're right. Most of the free agents have moved on. The draft has come and gone. So guys, they could have added. They have now moved past that because they did not. We know they drafted the Marvin Leal, but we still don't know exactly what they're going to do, what his utilization is going to be, how they're going to pluck him around. So that stuff is still, you know, kind of murky and clear. Where they, what they where they go from here is really based on a couple of different things. One, you mentioned the the free agency market at defensive end, or especially as far as five techniques go at defensive end. Are, are you comfortable looking at that market and seeing you have options, or is there some other way you need to go? The other thing is, how do you feel with the six guys you have now, as far as your defensive line is concerned, or as far as you know your defensive end options are concerned? Are you happy with Chris Wormley? Are you happy with the thought of maybe Montrevious Adams? Are you happy with Isaiah Loudermilk? Are you happy with one of those guys? And my thought would be Worley being that guy. But are you okay with those options that you already have in-house competing for that spot opposite Cam Hayward and next to presumably Tyson Alualu? Is that the case? Are you okay with that? Or are you trying to find some other maybe realignment where you're shuffling things around and maybe you're moving Tyson Alualu over? into Stefan to a spot and maybe putting someone else in that zero technique in the middle. What kind of options do you have as far as what's available to you in your own backyard right now? So there's a lot of different things we're trying to figure out here. I would imagine if I'm looking at things from the lens of what you have right now, they have enough depth, they have enough depth right now to fill those spots. The question is, do they think they have quality depth and are they happy with the possible production that can come from it? That's a big question, and because the other the, the one option, you know, I, I've been look, I've been looking at this. The one option that you have right now is that the answer is already on your roster. Chris Wormley did play last year in place of Stephon Tuitt. He did record seven sacks. Was it greater against the run? That was that that was a, li- a part of the liability that they had up the middle. Um, but you know, with Tyson Alualu there, less pressure on him to be the guy and more to be part of part of a, a trio that would be working up front. You know, on an, on a, on a lot of downs. Um, you know, and the question of DeMarvin Leal, could, could he be that guy or, you know, in, in, in short order, I think the Steelers would want to kind of give him more time to, to fill in and figure out where he fits in. Cause he, you know, I spoke to him myself last week. He said, look, look, I'm trying to be zero to five technique, play anywhere, play anywhere on the defensive line. That takes time to get in the NFL. It's not just something that you walk up and get right, right away. But you know, the questions, you know, everyone's talking about the free agents that are available. You look around the league, uh, Akeem Hicks just signed with the Buccaneers, uh, so he's he's out the pool. But you got Sheldon Richardson, uh, Larry Okunjobi, who to me is the one that makes the most sense. He's 28 years old, so he can at least stick around. He's he's played in the AFC North his entire career. The one drawback I'll have is that I mean, he was also very much involved in the fracas with Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett when he pushed, pushed Mason Rudolph over from behind. I don't know if – I'm not – I'm not privy to know if that would pl- factor in on the Steelers' decision if they'd say, like, no, nah, we're not letting him in the locker room. But that can't be a positive point in his favor. But another thing thinking here is, Josh, you know, like like with Miles Jack, the reason I called Miles Jack as a potential signing for the Steelers even before he was released was because I looked at what the Jaguars were doing. They were in a rebuild, and Miles Jack was their most expensive player, and he was in his mid to he was in his late twenties. So you're in a situation where you, you're trying to rebuild and you're trying to get rid of the, that kind of cap money. So 
could the Steelers benefit from another team being in a similar situation, just seeing a salary cap situation that, Hey, this isn't working out. You know, we got, we got to cut ties here. It happened with the giants and James Bradbury. He's now, he's now picked another team, but there, there could be options like that. There could also be trades on the table that the Steelers could explore with saying, Hey, you need a salary dump situation. Here's a late round pick. We'll take this veteran off your hands. And it doesn't have to even be a defensive lineman if it addresses another part of the team. But I do think that there are many doors open for Omar Khan with that $21 million in cap space. It's odd. I'm trying to do some quick math in my head. If I could go back about maybe 10 hours or so back to when we had Doug Whaley on the fan morning show. And one of the questions I specifically asked him was, Hey Doug, it's June 1st. You know, this is where this is where teams as far as cap space go, you know, they cross that threshold to where, you know, either they can save some money by getting rid of guys, or maybe you have a couple cap casualties. or could be guys available in the market. And the question I asked him was what position would you be looking at to maybe try to load up on or add some more depth? I wish I could ask him that question again, because I think his answer would change because his answer this morning was a secondary. I think it would probably change the secondary slash defensive line. Knowing now that stuff onto it has announced his retirement. I think that might be, uh, the answer that a lot of people have in mind, just because, you know, I think you're right. This is, this opens up the opportunity for a team that has cap casualties. Not specifically why I asked that question, because there are going to be more. There are going to be teams that are up against the cap and are trying to free space up. Maybe they're trying to sign some guys they have on hand. Maybe they're trying to re-sign some guys or extend them to contracts and stuff. And they're trying to free that money up to be able to do it. And this is where that time period between like OTAs and training camp this is kind of that limbo area where some teams are really trying to get themselves, you know, straighten out before they get to training camp and try to get those last couple signings under the wire. But I'm glad you pointed out that they save nine million because yes. they're in a twenty one million dollar gap there of cap space. And that's not considering the fact that they have a couple guys that they can restructure. They can restructure TJ Watt. Mm-hmm. They can restructure Cam Hayward, Hayward and give themselves even more space. So we're not just talking about maybe finding St- um, Stefan to its replacement. We could be talking about at depth of other, other positions as well. And if they find guys that are available that are post June 1st cuts or salary cap casualties that come around this time of year, that, that mid to late summer situation, they have more opportunities there to add some depth in other places too. Certainly. There's a few other takes I want to have on Stefan to it that addresses specifically Steelers fans, because most Steelers fans, I think, handled this responsibly. Some didn't. I also <laughs> want, I want to talk about, I want to talk about that and some takes that I've seen kind of off the rails about how the Steelers should have handled this differently. We'll address that in just a minute here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, as well as Devin Bush's comments um, from OTAs. But First, we got to talk to you guys about BlueNile.com. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers with will, will, will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Each ring is one of a kind. Looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing? Blue Nile has jewelry experts on, on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find a memorable gift at every budget. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Locked On Sports listeners will get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. So use code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, plus every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace when you go to BlueNile.com today. 
Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Josh Taylor, and we're talking about the Stephon Tewitt situation, wrapping up the Stephon Tewitt situation, really, uh, with, with our thoughts. Josh, I'm first going to address this idea that the Steelers should have done something before. And I said this earlier, but I want to make sure I'm very clear about this. Mark Caboli tweeted this out. Uh, you know, after the two would retirement, he's like, if they had any inkling that he actually wasn't going to be back, the Steelers would have done something by now. Yes, they probably would have been acted differently about the defensive line class. They probably go and make a move earlier to get their defensive lineman to address an interior guy that's going to help against the run. Yes, is that unfortunate? Totally. But it's part of the gambles. It's part of what happens. And Stephon it, you were hoping he would be back. He wasn't. You move on. And so I, I think that the people that are going way over the top about that, you don't understand how that there this wasn't a, a certain thing. And I know there's some people out there that were just pessimists and saying, I was right all along. You were guessing, just like everybody else. This is why I wasn't guessing. I was just saying, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend like I do know. I've, I know that Cam Hayward and Tyson Alulu seemed very excited last week that Stephon Tewitt would return, which tells me something else might have happened in between last week and this week that kind of pushed Stephon Tewitt to this decision of retirement. My second thing, Josh, the fans who are attacking Stephon Tewitt for his decision saying, oh, you stole money last year. Get over yourselves. It is not that serious. It is not that deep. He didn't steal nothing. He was hurt. It's part, it's part of the game. He was not able to play. He, he he took the year off. The team allowed it. The team doesn't owe him anything. We may technically actually owe him the guaranteed money they still owe him, but he doesn't owe them anything. He gave them some really solid years, and it's time to move on. But the people that are trying to make this some vengeful thing or some, oh, you did, you're you're being crazy. Let's start with the first part, and I'll I'll remind ourselves of something that happened around this time last year that the Steelers also did not see coming and they really did not have any time to prepare for between training camp and the draft. One of their veteran offensive linemen, one of the best in the league at his position last year decided, you know what? I can't go before training camp. Yeah. A couple of weeks before training camp, David DeCastro had the ankle injury. Didn't feel right. They declared, they, determined that he wasn't capable of playing, so they ended up releasing him, and subsequently he was done with football, or at least he was done with football as a Pittsburgh Steeler. That decision came, what, two, three weeks before training camp? Not long Steelers, before. Steelers didn't see that decision coming either. They they were going into training camp under the impression that David DeCastro was going to be their starting right guard, and when they didn't have him at that point, they had to go and sign Trey Turner, which people kind of reacted after, about after the point, but my point always before the season started was, well, remember, they planned on having David DeCastro. Mm -hmm. They planned on him being available, and that didn't happen. And it's another one of those things where when you've had a guy for that long and he's been part of your team for that long and he's produced for you for that long at the level that they've been at, you give them the benefit of the doubt. They gave yeah. David DeCastro, a former first-round pick and one of the leaders on that offense, the benefit of the doubt. They gave Stephon Tewitt, a former second-round pick and one of the leaders on that defense, the benefit of the doubt. And you're right. That is sometimes the risk you take. But if you're going to have a guy there, make sure he's ready to go. If you're not sure he's going to be ready to go, then be ready to move on otherwise. But they made sure, it sounds like from just what I'm gathering here, it sounds like they gave Stefan to it every possible opportunity to explore what his options were, see how he was feeling mentally, physically, and every other ability in between to see if he was really, really 100% ready to go and play this upcoming season. And obviously, Tua decided, you know what? 
I'm going to go on and do, as, as Chuck Noble say, go on about my life's work. And, and to address the second thing, we can sit here and say Stefan too had stole money last season. He also just left $9 million on the table that we just mm-hmm. talked about. He just left money on the table to make this decision. You don't do that unless you are at peace with the decision that you're making. Yeah, You don't make a decision like that unless you are at peace with the next phase of your life you're about to transition into. Because I'm telling you something. I don't know many times that probably leave 90 bucks laying on the table, much less $9 million. Okay, Not me. That's what I'm saying. So I uh, over quarters in the in the laundromat. What you talking you about? Hear, you hear what I'm talking about. So it's, it, we're, when we're trying to put this in perspective here, you know, you could sit there and say that that man stole money. He also left it on the table because he's, you know, clearly at peace with the fact that you know what this life, this phase of my life is done. Is trying to move on to the next one. Uh, he mentioned that as much in the statement, saying he's he's moved, you know, past football into the next phase of his life. And good for him for understanding that and knowing when to do that. Because here's the thing. Chris, let's say for the sake of argument that he doesn't retire. Let's say he tries to come back. And then like before training camp, or let's say even during training camp, he's going through the motions, he's going through practice. And one day he decides, you know what? I thought that I thought I had this in me, but I don't. Now he's stealing money. Now he's really hurting the team as far as you know getting to that point, deciding at the last minute he couldn't play. They still have time to prepare for, for the season without him. They've got plenty of time now. They're not even at mandatory minicamp yet. They've got a lot more time now in between that decision than they did last year when they lost David DeCastro less than a month before training camp. So for people to freak out about that, honestly, folks, go hug your kids, take a walk, touch grass. It ain't that critical. Just ain't that let, critical. let people live their lives. Life is bigger than the game. Stuff on two is going to go live his. Let's all just congratulate him and act accordingly. Absolutely, he deserves that congratulations. He deserves that peace, by the way, to go to exactly go live, to, to go live his life. And uh, the people who are trying to lash out at him because your favorite football team is going to be missing a, p- a big play. Come on, get over yourself. Your team's not the main character. Stop acting like that. Also, I will say Tuzar, Tuzar Skipper uh, has just been announced as being re-signed by the Steelers per Aaron Wilson um, of uh, Pro Football Network. He just he just tweeted that out via his agent. So Tuzar Skipper, uh, hmm. if you remember Skipper. He was a guy that was kind of a preseason hero for the Steelers a couple years back and then was let go and then went to the Giants and it didn't work out there. So he's a he's a veteran that'll be coming back. So he'll be pl- he'll be plucked right put, put put right into that outside linebacker rotation, I expect, uh, for edge rushers. So that'll be something interesting there. Um, but also, Josh, I want to talk about Devin Bush uh, and Miles Jack because both of them spoke at Steelers OTAs. I thought that was a very good thing for both of them. Um, but also in general, the Steelers, one way that, you know, we're talking about the run defense by missing out on Stefan to it, you know, and, and all the piece things and, you know, we, getting to the football side of this, this is a huge loss, not just as a pass rusher, but a guy who took on double teams, a guy who helped to keep everything clean. The Steelers do have two athletic linebackers, two guys that can play sideline to sideline to sideline, or at least we've seen them do so. Two guys that can help in coverage, be aggressive against the run, communicate well. Those are the things that they have done. Now, Devin Bush, of course, has to get back there. When we were talking to Devin Bush at Steelers OTAs, he was very upfront. They're like, hey, yeah, I wasn't happy with how I played last year. I wasn't happy with all the losing. I was I was trying to get back there. And he talked about how you know he was still learning to trust his body, which is something that I was saying all season long. And that he, he early on, especially when he even when he got back and he was playing, they had the Steelers were limiting his reps because they weren't trying to overextend him. And that didn't allow him to kind of get his feet under him. But he says now his rehab kind of continued after the season. 
He was doing a lot of different workouts. Now he feels like he's back to that position. We're going to talk about that and more in just a minute here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast because I want to get to his specific comments as well as Miles Jacks because they were very interesting. And I think Steelers fans would love to hear from these two guys and maybe an answer to the run defense problem. But first, I got to talk to you guys about rockauto.com. Save time and money when visiting rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump can run you $300. $53 at a chain store, but only $216 at Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family-owned business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliable for every customer. They have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs by visiting rockauto.com right now, and you'll see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on there. How did you hear about us, Fox? So that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Josh Taylor, and we're talking about the Devin Bush situation now. He did talk in OTAs, and Josh, I, I liked this, you know, how he sounded. He sounded kind of at not not at ease, but he was sort of like, hey, like I'm accepting where I'm at. He also said he he holds no grudge against the Steelers about the fifth year option because he understands it's a business thing and it, he's just got to kind of make, make make the best plays moving forward. But he talked about getting back to being healthy. He said this year he's able to just put on his cleats and just go wherever he wants. Whereas last year, whenever he would go out, the Steelers would be like, nope, you got to come back. You can't run that many reps yet. We have to take it easy. We're trying to, you know, we're trying to ease you into this so you don't hurt something else. That cost, that level of caution wasn't something. That's not how Devin Bush plays. He's a guy that when he's at his best, he throws himself into the pile. His 109 tackles as a rookie are the most tackles by a Steelers rookie in the history of the franchise. It's all about, he, he's all about that. And him and Miles Jack can be part of that. But Josh, I guess the big question here is one of the things that we talked about with Devin Bush was how how un, how the offensive lines were getting to him and Joe Schobert very quickly last year. With Stephon Tuitt out, does this mean that we're basically going to be in for another go-around of the same problems this year with the linebackers? It's a possibility. I mean, if you're just looking at it from trying to, you know, replace guys that are, you know, that were fixtures as far as the depth chart goes into it. I will say this much, having Tyson Alu-Alu back is going to help you because if you go by the advanced numbers, he was really your best run guy, your best run stuffer. And the the average yards per carry with Alu-Alu in the game, you put 94 back on the field in that defense, the yards per carry for the opposing running backs, it went down quickly. So that's one thing you have in your your favor. But, yeah, losing Stephon to it is probably going to be something that affects you. But I am one of those people that I'm not looking – I'm not looking for Devin Bush to be – you know, rookie year Devin Bush. I don't expect him to be pre-injury Devin Bush, but I expect him to be somewhere in between pre-injury and post-injury. If he's somewhere in between the two, I'm happy with that because that production is probably a lot better. The tape probably looks a lot better if only by default, if only by default, but I expect it to be better. I think the fact that he'll be flanked by Miles Jack, a guy who's experienced and has played at a pretty decent level, and he's got two really good resources besides Miles Jack. He's got Brian Flores that could help him get get things sorted out. And that's not even counting. Uh, I was thinking about him and Jerry Osavsky. I didn't even mention uh, Terrell Austin, the yep. defense coordinator. So yep. he's got guys that can help get him sorted out and get himself together. There's a lot of people now 
if you're one of the tough, if you want to, you know, talk about the, the guys in your corner, if you're a fighter, he's got a lot of guys now that can help him get situated and get things figured out. And now he's got time in between. That injury has healed now completely. So that's different. You know, he's had a chance to kind of cleanse the palate mentally and get himself get himself mentally refocused and now he's got a teammate that they can they can help get themselves together and work together he's got another coach on that defensive side of the ball that could help him do that plus he's got a new dc who's probably been helping work some of the concepts that they've been trying to work on the past couple years those now become more prevalent so now he's back on the upward part of that curve as opposed to on the downward part I agree with that, and, and that's a that's a big thing too. Uh, Miles Jack, I, you know, Devin Bush spoke highly of, of Brian Flores, but Miles Jack spoke spoke a little more glowingly. I think he knew. I think he knew a bit more things to say. Now, Miles Jack is also a guy who's had like three different linebacker coaches in his time in his time with the Jaguars. Devin Bush really only got to work with Jerry Osowski uh, over the over the last few years. But um, you know, Jack, when talking about it, he called he called Brian Flores stoic, and he said the biggest thing is that he lets you know whether you're right. Or you're wrong. There's no partially right. There's no 20, there's no 80% right, 90% right. You're either all the way right in what you're doing or you're wrong. And he's saying that's helping him play faster and not worry about that. And that's what this linebacker duo has to be. They have to play fast. They have to know, they have to know and trust. This is my assignment. I'm here. I'm flying. I'm not, I'm not hesitating. I'm not like creeping up to the hole. And that's what Devin Bush did a lot last year because he wasn't sure about things. But hey, when you're not sure if you if your leg is strong enough and you're not sure how to do it, you know, one thing that happens, uh, you know, when you when you tear your ACL and you get it fixed, you have to relearn how to do a lot of things with your legs. And as you're relearning how to do basic things like jump, like land, like explode. It, you're then thinking about that and not thinking about, hey, this is the counter trap. We're in this alignment. I'm supposed to get to get to the three gap. I'm not there. I, and, and oh, man, now I got to catch up. Oh, wait, here's this guard coming at me. All of that slows you down. It's something that I talk about with you. It's something I talk about with Arthur Motes. It's something I talk about with everybody when we talk about defenses. One of the worst things that defenses can be forced to do is think. Because when you're thinking in the middle of the play, you're you're giving your opponent chances to set the tone and dominate and dominate the area of space that you're supposed to be dominating. This is what the Steelers linebackers have to get away from doing. They have to get I mean certainly think before the play like you know think through okay this is what their alignment is. But once the play is starting you have to be confident you have to be confident that you know what your assignment is and play that assignment aggressively because if you're passive in it say you're supposed to plaster a tight end and you only kind of run a little close to him that leaves him wide open say you're supposed to fill a hole but you get a you're a little slow there because you're not sure if you're right about it well then the, the running back's hitting it at a much faster rate and then you're not able to stop him that happened a lot last year and i think that if brian flores is able to help both of these guys get to the point where they're they're playing together this way it could help the steelers have two linebackers that go sideline to sideline covering gap to gap that's not something that they've had in quite some time uh, I'm so glad you said that last sentence because I'm about to put two things out there into the universe that might get me looked at cross-eyed by some of my colleagues at one of my places of employment. First of all, I am bullish on Devin Bush. Yes. That's one of the first things put out there because I know a lot of folks were that work where I work at weren't over the past season, and they gave him every opportunity they could to pile on Devin Bush over a 93-7 fan. I am bullish on Devin Bush going into this season. The second thing I'm going to put out there, and I'm glad you said that with that last sentence, if you're able to get the high end of the spectrum of possibility with both of these guys, you could be talking about the best pair of linebackers this defense has had probably since James Ferrier and Larry Foote. 
Well, I, I, that's I, what we're talking about. That's at least that's as far as yeah, you yeah. know, not as far as like them being as good, but as far as the possibility of both guys playing efficiently, not even at Pro Bowl level, they don't have to have great production. But if you can be as even close to efficient as those two guys were, that's one more. That's one part of the defense now that you don't have to worry about. Hey, are we okay here? Are these guys capable of doing their jobs? And if you if you've heard any of those guys talk about that defense, that late two watts defense and how good that group was. They always talked about the fact that everybody knew what their job was. Everybody did their job well. So if you have these two guys that are playing fast and they're listening to Brian Flores or listening to Jerry Olsavsky and they're playing at this, just at the capability that they're expected to be at for this defense, you now have a portion of this defense that you look at and say, okay, we know that's taken care of. And that's the first time we've really been able to look at it and having two guys that were both capable and willing, or just capable and able to do the job to that expectation that they have for them. And we haven't seen that in a long time. And that could be the difference between whether or not this defense is still in the lower third, or maybe they're in that second third of the league, maybe moving up into that lower first, which is, I'm thinking if you even have an average defense as far as scoring and yards allowed, that's already an improvement. But you can move up any further than that. If you can do that, that's a big leap. And I think it's capable of these two guys are playing to what they're expected to play at. We will certainly see if they are able, capable of doing that in the coming months. But it seems like they're both excited to play with each other and to play under yes. Brian Flores. If you want to read more about this, I wrote all about this in my Steelers takeaways on SteelersNow.com. So go to that article. Go to SteelersNow.com. It's free. You can check it out. Read all the quotes between the two of them and my thoughts on how they could play off of each other and how things are growing for them as well, as well as our coverage. I also wrote an opinion piece on what the Steelers should do to replace Stephon Tewitt. We'll look, we'll, you can look at take a look at that as well. Josh, thanks so much for joining us here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Josh Taylor HD, best place to look as far as social media is concerned. Um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, best place to find me. As far as the work I do uh, for the TV side of things, CBS Pittsburgh, uh, CBSN Pittsburgh, if you're looking online, um, radio, Best place to find me is the Odyssey app, 93.7 The Fan. Most of the time, Sunday mornings, I'm hosting usually sometime in that 7 o'clock range as well. Won't be on this upcoming Sunday. I'll be out of town for some family stuff. But most most weekends, Sunday mornings, where you find me there. Absolutely. Do check out Josh. He does amazing work there. We're always glad to have him here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. But again... Thanks for checking out the Locked On Steelers podcast. Again, you can find the show on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, and YouTube. If you enjoyed this video, please hit the like button on the video and uh, on YouTube. Also, hit the subscribe button to our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday updates. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with more on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Finishing up the week on Friday, we got Wes Euler. We did not forget Wes. He'll be back. Uh, he'll be back. He'll be back there on the Friday episode, wrapping up the week with our final OTAs practice of Thursday before we get ready for mini camp. Again, I'm Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques my work at SteelersNow.com and check me out here on the Locked Up Steelers podcast. We'll see you Friday. 